Welcome back. Bet the Juice Podcast. Week zero recap. Cody Mitchell, Connor Holiday. We spent all of spring, all of summer breaking down every single college football team. Connor, it's finally awesome. We get to actually recap some actual college football games that happened over the weekend. I think week zero actually delivered pretty hard this year. I actually liked it a lot. I had a it might have been because it was me. You and some other friends just like hanging outside, like at my little bar at my house, just watching all the games. That might be why. But there were some entertaining things and a lot of things because I think we can. I mean, didn't start off so hot because that game just, unless you were betting on it, you weren't, you probably turned off that game pretty soon. Yeah. Pretty soon. There were some uh, super vibe killers at the. At my house, but we still managed to have a good time, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to elaborate on it, but I mean, we still kept kept the spirit up, kind of got that situation handled, and then could still dive into all of the games. I, I don't know, man. It was just awesome to actually see meaningful college football games. The preseason and the NFL. Semi-meaningful, but I mean, to finally actually watch the games that we have been talking about all year actually start to happen, like, yeah, yeah it's a great feeling. We're obviously going to cover the big games first, and then there's going to be a spot where I just have to eat crow like crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to. There's going to be times where we were on the right side, just didn't essentially come out on the right side, just with some things yeah, that have happened. Yeah, you're eating crow. I'm going to refuse to eat yeah. crow. I think we were 6-5 and five overall on the podcast, but for week zero, I really don't think it's that bad. I'll, no. I'll take that. Considering last year, I think I went one and four. Like week zero is very hit or miss. This this year, like you, I think I was three and three. But like f- first year betting week zero, I was six and one. Last year, like one and four, and then this year three and three. So <laughs> yeah, week zero is very fucking. Well, you also got to think though. In a normal slate, when we have fifty some odd games going on, are you really hammering in on FIU, La Tech, Fuck or anything no. like that? No, you're Fuck trying no. to just find angles, and you're convincing yourself just, why this is a good bet because you want to have action on the game. I'm just trying to feel something. That's literally it. It literally is. So there's no shame in losing any of those. No, no. But we're gonna start off in Dublin, Ireland. I I love how you did come up with that spin zone to for a game that we haven't talked about yet. I but. will say, I will say though, though my one favorite moment of this weekend is is that we have another buddy who's also an anti OSU guy like myself. We literally just attack Connor on Ohio State points. We don't even agree with half of them, but just to see Connor get riled up and get so mad. Well, did fight back no matter what is well, no, my favorite thing. The best part is like you talk about that, yet you had the same moment when we started talking about Terry McLaurin 
and oh, I did, I did. You're right. And, and then you and I were on the same side, but the other two, we weren't gonna win that argument. So I just told no, you, like, yeah. we're not gonna win. But you and I are on the same page. We're, and I'm like, you and I are right. They're wrong. They won't admit it, but we're right. Uh, yeah. I mean, when it comes to you, though, like, there's times where I, like, agree with you and I still just, like, you just, you, I like to push the buttons a little exactly. bit. Exactly. And then it makes me wonder how the hell you and me are friends without me, like, choking you. Yeah, I mean, it's understandable, though, because we'll all dig deep when it yes, comes to I will. say I will attack them personally yes. as a university. Well, no, it, it's bad enough that I had you, I had... A Michigan fan. Well, yeah, you talked about uh, JR being neutral, and then you have... Well, and then he also just plays full oh, heel. Yeah. He's and the then biggest he, heel And then I have a Michigan fan... And it's just like I'm getting attacked three, three ways, and this just this is not fair. It's not fair. No, you want to don't know how big that heel that kid is. He started a Twitter page where I was like, "Hey man, if you really want to get it started, I'll promote you. I have a decent following on Twitter, or whatever." Just immediately starts attacking me. I'm like, "Well, fuck this kid. I'm not gonna fucking promote your shit. He's just attacking us personally." And at the same time, he is our biggest fan. He is our biggest <laughs> fan, and the guy in the in the Netherlands. I'm, if you're a dude, just tweet us at Bed the Juice Pod. Like, I want to know who you are. You listen exactly. all the time. I exactly. love that. You're the only out of the United States listener we have, and I would love to know you. Hell, I'd even have you on the show if you want to talk some ball. Yeah. If you know ball, we'll get him. My dog does not know ball. No. My dog went one no. and two in her picks G- over the weekend. Bay G. She's a stooge. She in the one game we'll get to later that she probably she probably it's either. probably because she couldn't hear our breakdowns. She probably couldn't. She decided just to <laughs> just randomly pick her treats at will. But, Except one, you admittedly was very, very biased. Oh, yeah, there, and it lost. So that's <laughs> on me. There was six treats on one side and one treat on the other side. And smart smart of her to go to the big tree file there. But it backfired because her dad's also a stooge. Um, but for real, let's go to Dublin, Ireland here. Notre Dame 42, Navy 3. What an, It was just... It was Notre Dame from the start, and that's basically what happened. Obviously... I think it was seven nothing at this point, and Navy had a pass to get oh a first my down. God. And the guy in the receiver, I think the tight end collided. Yeah, wide receiver, wide like, open, r- running back, both wide open, and yeah, this pass interference on the offense on themselves. It legit was. So yeah, I really, uh, I just, I, I, I really hope Navy enjoyed Ireland. Yes, I hope they had we support a, I, the troops. I, ho- I hope that they had a very good time. But, I mean, just at the same time, they just looked completely outmatched. Just watching that game, Notre Dame's offense was just flat-out bullying Navy's defensive line. Especially up front, too. I mean, they were making some giant running lanes. I know there were a couple times that right before passes, Hartman did take some shots. But still, they didn't allow a sack. Um, and while he was taking those shots, it was because he was waiting for the last second. And a lot of those did come on big pass plays. So that's him wait, like knowing he's going to take a shot, but he knows he's gonna. It's going to be worth it. I'm pretty sure one of the touchdowns he took a hell of a shot. But still, the O line was absolutely dominating. And like back to Sam. He did look very good. Uh, 19 for 23, 251 yards, and four touchdowns. I mean, I think first uh, 
First time starter at Notre Dame since Jack Cohn to throw for uh, four touchdowns in his debut. So, I mean, however performance, I mean, you look at their offensive drives, it started off with touchdown, 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 halftime, touchdown, missed field goal, touchdown, kneel out. I mean, that's... I said it's pretty good. Yeah. 42 I, points in 26 minutes. Yeah. I, can, I mean... Honestly, I think a lot of people. I mean, this number was 21, 20 and a half. Twenty and a half. Depending yeah. On you got it. So I think a lot of people expected a lot more of a fight from Navy. Um, obviously, from the Navy standpoint, it, it it's hard to tell what this new offense really looks like because you were so like outmatched. But, I mean, from the passing game, like you already talked about the one wide-open pass. The passing game doesn't seem like it's there, but, yeah. I and mean, I will, to piggyback off that point, though, I will say there were some receivers in that game I did notice that were, like, open. Yeah, I mean, like, you talked about it on the one play, but both those wide receivers were wide open. And on a couple of their other pass attempts, yeah, wide receivers were kind of open, so... Little bit worrisome when you know that in three weeks, well, four weeks, you're gonna have to guard Marvin Harrison and Mecca Buka. Uh, heel to that though, could it also been like it's a triple option, so you don't yeah, really see, I mean, you don't really notice I mean, when the pass. It, it's it when you're playing a triple option team and they actually throw the ball, it does catch you off by uh, catch you off guard. I mean, you never you never know. No, not at all. And I guess the one flip side for Navy side and all of like the service academy teams, it's something I'm going to keep an eye on this week. I'm an Air Force and Army play. Is like how long is it going to take for these offenses to kind of grasp the no cut block rule? Mm-hmm. And is that something I need to to like take note of on betting either of these sides like later on in the season? I I didn't really like it was 42 to three, but I really didn't feel like Navy like got just absolutely demolished the way they did. They seemed like they moved the ball a little bit. They controlled time of possession, which is typical for Navy. But still, I thought the game was a little bit closer than 42-3. to But I think if any other possessions that Notre Dame had, they probably would have just scored a touchdown. So I mean, it doesn't matter. It, it, honestly, it seemed like after that pass that where the wide receivers run into each other, it's just like Navy, I feel like Navy kind of lost its hope because they were driving. I think they were at like the 30-yard line or something like that, or maybe it was the 40. They were on the right side of the 50, but it was just like after that, it just like snowballed out of control. And yeah, I mean, it's still like you did say, there were times that it's like, all right, Navy has a shot or has a chance here if they could get off the field, and they just couldn't. So let me ask you this, Connor: Is Notre Dame now a national champion threat? A threat to win the national title? Like, every- I mean, I you can't really tell from this. I know, but like that's like the narrative that's just being thrown around. Like, oh, uh, Notre Dame has their quarterback now. This is the the team that can br- bring them to the promised land. Like, there was mean, one game; it was against Navy. Yeah, they, I think they play NC State not in week two. So I think we'll learn a lot more. Like kind of towards week two of yeah, like how obviously good this team is. we'll see as far as like what you said national championship contender when they play ohio state which is literally just four weeks away yeah i mean you're gonna learn a little bit from that nc state game yeah too, but it's i like mean a- i mean you're gonna learn 
more as the season goes on, but still, it's. But as an Notre Dame fan, you should feel. You should be for. You should feel be- You should feel good. You yeah. should feel good. With especially with a lot of questions, the same Harbin, like obviously the kick and freaking play. Yeah. To the other big game. Then nobody could watch except if you're, if you're on the West. Coast. I think how we watched it, we had uh, the kid that was talking all the shit. Our buddy, he. I think he did streamies, and then he just airplayed it to the TV. Yeah. Because, I mean, come on. we You had seven games, and this is the se- probably the second or first biggest brand, and you we nobody could watch it. It's the, terrible. The best thing of all this realignment, death to the Pac-12 network. Seriously, it really is. USC 56, San Jose State 28. Uh, so uh, the fumbled snap turned 76 yard touchdown that Caleb basically threw flat-footed 45 yards. If you wonder why this kid is as talented as he is, like watch that play again. That was ab- did you see that play? Yes. Absolutely insane. That is every reason that that kid is a absolute lock to go number 1. I mean, I mean, it's easy to, for him to like draw comparisons to Patrick Mahomes because he makes those off balance, weird throws. Like, granted, Patrick Mahomes might be the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. So that's a giant comparison. But like, I kind of, I, I, I almost wonder if like at this point right now is like he already better than Mahomes was because like you gotta think Mahomes was I think played all four years at Texas Tech. I so. do believe. So, like, could Caleb be more developed already than Mahomes is? But, I mean, at the same time, like, it, it, like it, it's so hard to, like, compare somebody to Patrick Mahomes, but this is the closest thing that we have, in my opinion. I 100% agree. But somebody stole the show, and that's somebody that you've been hitting on like, I to tried me for a long to, time. I tried to warn you that Zachariah Branch was going to be a fucking That's Tyreek Hill in a Trojans uniform. Tyreek Hill, Reggie Bush, whatever comparison you want to make. Dude, you do... That... That is God-given speed. That kick return they return for a touchdown. Like, slow play, and all of a sudden, hit that fucking gear, and nobody could keep up. The the 0-60 to speed... Of him is like a fucking Tesla. There, it, you're, you hammer the gas and you are gone. Like he is gonna be such a problem in a wide receiver unit that already has Taj Washington. Uh, I, I can't even. Uh, Brandon Rice, all the of uh, Dar- Dorian Singer. The the room is already loaded, and he might be the best. And he's a fucking freshman. 19 years old, man. Dude, like, like I know, I've known of this kid because Ohio State was recruiting him. Like, but then as soon as Lincoln Riley went to USC, we kind of lost out on him. So I already knew about this kid, like, when he was a junior in high school. Dude, this is just, it's insane. Besides Caleb Williams, he may be the best player on this USC team. That's really not a stretch. I mean, 96-yard kick return for a touchdown, four catches, 58 yards for a touchdown, even at a 12-yard run. 220 all-purpose yards, two touchdowns. I believe at one point he had more yards 
all more all purpose yards than San Jose State had at all. Yeah. But coming with USC though, we do have to address the negatives. Yeah, I mean what like I really, really tried to pay attention to when when I went back and rewatched the full game, I tried to make sure I paid attention to just about every defensive snap that they had. And dude, I, I mean same issues from last year. Like you had the missed tackles, you had the defensive holdings, you had the wide receivers completely wide open. Cordero was killing them with that what was it that he had a third and 22 conversion there were so many times that his legs were just absolutely killing them they would it seemed like that like here comes the rusher coming after him oh Codero just broke out and is now running down the field they could not get home they did get home a couple times there was the giant sack that Cordero took but yeah it just a lot of the same problems, man. I think the biggest thing when I went back and rewatched it was when you talk about the missed tacklings. A lot of just strict arm tackling. Yeah. Like, just put your arms out like, hey, I'm bigger than you. I'm, I'm, I play at USC. And the guy just runs them right over. I mean, I was watching on uh, ESPN when they were talking about this game. And they showed, like, their stats from last season. And then this season, or it, just from this game, like, Numbers were identical. If anything, they were worse against the run against San Jose State. And, I mean, watching their running back, there were times that gets a handoff, breaks an arm tackle, and gets a first down. It's like I understand the San Jose State team is a very good team in the Mount West. But, man, 14-21 to at half, and then you eventually do pull away. There was the giant sack that did kind of kill any more momentum for San Jose State. But to, like, look at the score and say, like, oh, USC doubled up San Jose State. Yeah, on the scoreboard they did, but watching this game, this game was a a lot different than what the scoreboard says. Yeah, like, if that defense plays like that against San Jose State, like against Washington, Washington might put a 56 on you. Think about against Oregon. If Cordero could kill them with his legs... Think about what Bo could do. Think about what Penix could do. DJ could do. Think, think about what Cam could do, even with him being dinged up. We've already seen that he's, like, in that game in Utah, he, his legs were the total difference that got Utah that win. So, like, I'm, I know it's week zero. You're trying not to overreact, but dude, it's like watching the same defense I did watch last season. Well, we're not really, it's not really an overreaction to me because, like, we knew that, like, if you told me USC scored 56 points, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, they did. of course they did. They gave up 28, though. I'm like, oh, I was hoping for an improvement. Well, and, like, the one thing is they didn't get any turnovers, which, like, we talked about, like, the one thing that was their saving grace last season was their turnover luck. How the plus I forget what they ended up on the season plus twenty something turnover margin, but that's not that replicatable, especially when your defense is not that good. Yeah, I think that's the biggest takeaways is like Notre Dame stock going up, USC stock going down just a little bit here. All right, screw it. I'll eat crow here. 
UMass 41, New Mexico State 30. UMass is no longer the laughing stock of the FBS. Um, You know what? So I write down just about every score that we're going to talk about and then my notes and stuff. First note, Cody's fault. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everything made sense on this. I did not understand the line, and I... I'm facing it straight up. I was on Twitter yesterday, or I think Sunday, just like any UMass post was like, look, I fucked up. I was all over this spread. I love this spread. And I still love this spread. But those guys that Don Brown brought in and then the quarterback, I'll never Tyson, be able to. Tyson Pumachow. He's a dude. He is. I understand. It, it took him a little bit to get going. And obviously, uh, other than RIP Cody, for this, I just want to say RIP to anyone that had the under 45 and a half. Oh, Jesus. 13 to 10 at the end of the third quarter. 35 points in the fourth quarter. RIP. I, I mean, dude, you, you were looking good. I understand, like, early into the fourth quarter. UMass ended up scoring, making it 20 to 10. But you still had 15 and a half points to work with at that point. And this was, these teams weren't scoring. And then, oh my God. I think uh, Pieva threw that pick six in the fourth quarter, too, that kind of killed. But then immediately they get the ball back and he throws like a 50 yard dime for a touchdown. But, dude, I mean,. I still think New Mexico State is good. I just think UMass brought guys in. Like Anthony Simpson, the Arizona's transfer, played out of his mind. And he had two rushing touchdowns and a receiving touchdown. Like, they – I'm not going crazy. UMass, I would be shocked if they go to a bowl game. The under that I bet, I think, is dead because they saw Merrimack on the schedule there. And there's a couple MAC teams on there they could probably pick off. But what's his name, quarterback Pumachow? Yeah, Tyson Pumachow. When everything broke down and he didn't have an option, like he didn't kill him through the air. He's only 10 to 17. He just ran the ball. No, I mean, he was their leading rusher. I think he was just shy of 100 yards. 97 yards. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, that's that was the talent that was always there, just never really got the opportunity. And I think, I I mean, honestly, I think the, the, I don't want to say the sky's the limit for this UMass team, but. If he can continue to de- develop, like you kind of saw it in the game, him getting better, getting more comfortable. But I mean, th- I I don't know if UMass is the pushover that we've always been accustomed to. I mean, Don Brown had that defense actually going pretty well. Yeah, three turnovers. I, the weird thing with Jerry Kill is, is like the Texas A and M kid came in and for like 15 snaps, all he did was hand the ball off. Yeah, I mean, and electric handoff on the 80-yard oh run. God. It was such a good handoff. Such a great handoff. Um, That's what you get at a P5 school. <laughs> that kind of handoff. But, I mean, just, like, why didn't you really give him a chance? Like, no offense, What? how many di- picks did Diego have? Three. Three. Including yeah. a pick six, and both the other ones immediately led to UMass touchdowns. Exactly. So that's 21 points right there. That makes this basically a 20 to 30 game. So I'm, I mean, obviously, like we don't really know what the Texas A&M transfer can do, but I mean, why not give him a shot? Yeah. I like again. I don't. Th- I think if you play that game over again, it's probably the similar result. Like UMass is 
they're talented and they can they can play. They're, it's no longer just now. They're not going into Auburn next week and getting a win. There's a reason they're like 38-point dogs. But like the UMass that we just aren't accustomed to scoring at all, Like I think those days are over with. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on. Ohio, San Diego State. Was it 2013? I don't have yeah, the score written down. I think 20, it was 2013. 2013. Um, I'm not going to eat crow on this thousand out of a thousand times I bet the same exact thing I do not think that if the if Curtis Rorick does not get knocked out in the first quarter with 20 seconds left the this game is totally totally different like obviously at that point eight for ten and Backup comes in, and what was it? Eighteen for forty-one, three 18 picks. Eighteen for forty-one, three picks. Did throw a touchdown. Did throw a touchdown, but I mean, tough Rorick w- was moving the offense different. I mean, th- obviously, there's no clarity to what the injury is. Goes down with a free rusher coming at him. I personally, I- I'm no fucking doctor by any means. I thought he took a knee to the helmet and got his bell rung. But he's already been cleared from the sounds of it. They kept him out of the game more as a precaution. So, Which you probably should do if you're OU. Especially after this is first game back from a torn ACL. They probably thought that they could still end up winning it. But, yeah, I mean... Uh, I mean, with the backup, the game was so much different. That game wasn't even that close to the score. He threw a... I can't remember the kid's name. Uh, Harris. Threw a pick six that got called back from a roughing the passer. The score should have been 26-6. to six. And it gets called back... Or 26-7, to seven, whatever it was. And he gets called back. He ends up leading him down to score. Brady Hoke did whatever he did could, could do to lose that game. Um, it looks like there's a lot of kinks with that air, new air raid system. Later in the game, they started just kind of handing the ball yeah, off. Yeah, I would worked. say there's some issues because he drilled a fucking ref right in the face. Oh, yeah, I did see that, too. That was... But that, I, like, I'm sorry. It's That throw was like he was literally aiming it right at his face. It looked like the like the Adam Sandler longest art yard yes, moment when he was trying to drill him in the dick. Absolutely. Um, again, I'm not going to blame you for betting that. That's the right side every time. My dog got lucky. She cashed her bet on that one. Yeah, thanks, G. Um, skipped over a game here, and it went basically kind of like I thought it was going to be. Jacksonville State 17, UTEP 14. I, I don't know about that. Well, but. it meant, but like, what was my biggest point in betting Jacksonville State was first game in the FBS, Rich Rod finds a way. Yeah, yeah, no, I I agree with it on that standpoint, but I will attest that they shouldn't have won. UTEP fucked this up. I mean, third and one, you're driving down three to either tie or score a touchdown. Third and one, take a shot at the end zone, incomplete. Fourth and one, and you throw a pick. Dude, you got to give Jeremiah Harris credit, though. That was a nice pick. It was. He jumped By, yeah, that round. Yes. Beautiful jump. But at the same time, I dude, it, it, no matter what Jacksonville State did, I, it's not, like, I didn't have a play on it, but it's like I never fe- felt like UTEP was going to lose, though. Like I felt like UTEP was going to find a way somehow. 
but they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. But Jacksonville State at the same time could not pull away. So I, I will say though, I think Jacksonville State had a better chance if Zion Webb could hit a wide open guy. Oh like my times. god! Oh, dude. we were laughing. Dude. I was like, wide open, wide open, and it hit the crossbar. Not dude, even close. he was off by a yard, a yard or more. It seemed like every throw, and like obviously, I am no college quarterback. Never was, never came close to be. But man, he ha- he throws it like he has all the confidence in the world. Like, oh, this is a dot, and it's like, <laughs> nope. That's the most accurate thing I've ever heard. Because we were watching the game, and he would drop it, and I would literally be like, so, dot. I'd be like, so, dot, and it would just be over his freaking head. And just some of the throws, it was just like the nonchalant throws that you see, like the NFL quarterbacks, like, oh, this is gonna like gonna put it perfectly, and it's like, nope. It reminds me of like the Joe Burrow throw where he does like the spin, and, like, oh looks yeah, looks at the camera and basically like sexualizes the camera away and releases the ball, and then it's yeah. just like. 15 yards over the guy. I mean, here's the story. UTEP outgains them 364 to 277, but had three turnovers to Jacksonville State zero. They were three of 12 on third down, one of three on fourth down. That was the the game. And the one, like one of them obviously was that pick six. So Mm kind of what I said, though, I didn't expect exactly play out that way, but Jacksonville State is on the board here in the FBS. All right, this one's weird. Vandy 35, Hawaii 28. I This is every fucking reason that I did not want to bet this game. Granted, I understand, like, it was, what, 35-14 going into the fourth quarter, and Hawaii does get two touchdowns. But one was early, and then you got one with four minutes left and potentially an onside kick away from tying it. But, yeah, I mean, shit. I, I don't I like I didn't have eyes on it. Obviously, the weather delay kind of fucked fucked everything because I I think it moved it from like a seven o'clock start to like a nine thirty start, mm. and some of us had to work on Sunday, so I didn't really have eyes on it. Got a quick like glimpse, but I mean this Hawaii team's got a lot of fight. Yeah, I, I think I think it's for a lot of reasons, but man, this team's got a lot of fight. I will say RIP to the Vandy team total over at 37.5. They have 35 with 14 minutes, or like literally the first play into the fourth quarter they score and couldn't literally not get anything going for the rest rest of the game. I will say it's either a mixture of Vandy's offensive line is terrible or Hawaii's front four is like, or front seven, I guess, is not too bad. They had like seven tackles for loss, three sacks. Swan was basically running for his life. Um, I'm, I don't know if to really. I think the biggest takeaways. I'm not really too terribly worried Actually, about. I Andy. think I think we'll get to our biggest takeaway <laughs> in a little bit. As far as this Hawaii team. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but man, Hawaii is. I mean they they played well down the stretch last season, and they came in fire in here. So I yeah. think that week zero game, we'll get we'll get to them in a little bit. Um, last game, right? Yeah. La Tech, 22, FIU, 17. FIU led the entire game, basically. the la- They led 58 minutes, and Grayson James had four passing yards. FIU's quarterback, four passing yards. It's insane. 
and they probably should have won this game. And this is not a triple option team. No. I think he was I think he was like five of fourteen for four passing yards. Cause down the stretch, all his passing yards was for losses. And that was it. Mm. Took a minute for Boise State transfer Hank Bachmeyer to get comfortable. Struggled a little bit in the first half, but like down the stretch, the dude was slinging the ball around a little bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is the kind of jump that you kind of see in first game, like getting into a new offense. Think as the season goes, like he's going to continue to get better. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it kind of scary for FI or for La Tech betters myself including when you're looking at the score and it's like I thought this team was supposed to be a little bit better on offense and it took a little bit but they got there but maybe FIU isn't as much of a pushover maybe maybe the airport doesn't get pushed over as much I'll tell you what though Smoke Harris can play does yep. not just have a dope name he caught that it was like an easy slant route and he ended up taking it like 60 70 yards or something to the house like mm. right before half and that basically kind of changed the game over yeah at the end of the game so all right so week zero is basically in the books here we do have a lot of games thursday and friday which i wish they did this every week but we do have some picks here connor number 99 of the defense after he tackled the quarterback having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. The work week is almost over. Sit back, relax, and get in on the action and enhance your game day experience. It's time for the bet. The Juice Podcast College Football Picks of the Week. Hi, Connor. The board is open Thursday and Friday. I know we share a couple of these, but I will open the door to you. I already know which ones we share, so. I mean, you're probably going to have to give one of them out, but it's fine. Just kind of open kind of open up. And we're also, it's weird because I don't want to, like, tell you what I have in my plays, but it's like I also want my friend to get the best number. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have to tell you. And I think you're probably guilty of the same thing, too. Yeah. We got we got to talk about it, so. Yeah. I'll open the door to you. All right. Well, I definitely know you don't have a play on this. We're getting it started Thursday. I am laying the points with Utah minus six and a half. I wanted this to get under a touchdown for me to take it. I mean, this might be just that I'm down on this Florida team, but there is a lot of changeover on this team. Obviously Graham Mertz starting quarterback, new system, New team, everything like that. Probably wasn't great in his original system. Yeah, but, I mean, it I, it does help. Cam Rising does sound like he is going to be playing. So, not really concerned about that. I just think, I mean, it, playing in Utah is so different. I don't, like, I know Florida's used to the very rowdy clouds in SEC, but also you gotta take into uh take into consideration altitude, everything like that. Utah's coming off back to back Pac twelve championships. That crowd's gonna be very, very fucking rowdy. Yeah, just lay the points with Utah. That would probably be the side I lean on. I'm just a little concerned about Cam Rising's health. for obvious reasons he 
towards ACL in January. No, I, so like, I agree. That's I agree. soon. But, man, Utah just doesn't lose at home. They lost once during COVID and before that. And that was like Pac-12 had like a six-game season or something mm-hmm. stupid like that. Might even less than that. And then before that, it was like 2017. Mm-hmm. Like they just don't, even without Cam Rising, I think they can just run the ball and play good defense. And am I going to trust Graham Mertz to get me a victory? Probably not. Granted, I wish I would have gotten this line at, I know it went down to as low as uh, six and a half but, right now. Yeah, it's six and a half, but there was one point that it went down to like five. Oh, really? Yeah, and I wish I, I mean, would. Because there, there was a little bit of speculation about was Cam going to play? Yeah. But, I mean, five to six, that's not – those numbers, like, I don't, I don't want to screw you over and jinx anything, but, like, those numbers are – like, the way math works, it shouldn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But the, the way weird things happen. Work, yeah, weird things happen in Utah. It's way more prevalent in college than the NFL because the NFL's got the long extra point where mm-hmm. shit gets wonky. But Yeah. Um, I know you have this, too. I'll get out of the way. I'm taking Miami, Ohio, plus 17 and a half against – The battle of the real Miami. Did you already? Did you see Gabbert was already talking shit? I yeah, basically it. to see I like love it. this is the game. It's like to, we're gonna to show them in. who the real Miami is. Yeah, dude, like, t- tattoo that on my chest. Yes, like, and he will I be healthy and he'll be able to play. I mean, dude, Miami, Florida was five and seven last year. They lost to Middle Tennessee State. Do you want to know their last three wins? Virginia Tech, terrible. Mm-hmm. Georgia Tech, terrible. Virginia, terrible. Yeah, I will say there has been like a significant amount of roster turnover to on this Miami Miami Florida team, but at the same time, yeah, I'm riding it with you. I got it at uh the 17 and a half. I had originally bet at 16 and a half, but it's jumped up depending on where you look, especially on Fanatics if you want have free like sign Dude, up I now shit i love that i shit. mean it, it, it's gonna be a problem for me because i'm literally gonna just start placing bets just to get rewards cash but to buy shirts exactly but at the same time like i i just think that there's something about this game that when i saw that line i'm like i think i need Dude, to be on well i think game. it's a Mixture of like I am pretty high on Miami, Ohio, and I'm still down on Miami, Florida. Plus, um, there has been reports that Tyler Van Dyke has been limited in practice. It's kind of why the line did drop down to 16 and a half. But I mean, it, you can find the line anywhere from 16 and a half, 17 and a half, whatever you're feeling comfortable with. But yeah, I'm with you on the set plus 17 and a half. Because I'm going to throw a little bit, call me crazy, I'm going to throw a small unit on that money line too. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far, but it'll definitely be something that live, like, yeah, I know you lose value, but you need to kind of get the vibes of the game. Yeah. See how it's going and everything like that. Cause I mean, with it being 17 and a half, unless like Miami, Ohio jumps out to a 14, nothing lead, like that number is still going to be high for that money line. But no, I don't blame you for a sprinkle on that. Uh, I'll jump back to uh, Thursday. I, I don't know. This is kind of like a principle bet of seeing the number, but I'm taking Nebraska plus seven and a half against Minnesota. Like, I do think that Matt Rule is going to have this team, like, starting off in the right foot. Obviously, we have no true idea what 
Jeff Sims in this offense is going to be like. But also, like, I'm going to, like, it's kind of like betting on the known at quarterback. I know, uh, I cannot pronounce his last name. The Greek Freak? Yeah, the Greek Freak is starting for Minnesota. I mean, that that is perfect. But I, no, but wrong state. You're thinking Milwaukee. God damn. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Close though. Close. close. But Both start with them. Yeah. But so at the same time, like I know what Jeff Sims is. He's a good dual threat. Like, is he going to wow us with his passing? I don't know. Maybe he's taken, maybe working with Matt rule could have made a step, but obviously on the Minnesota side, your offense is completely changing. You were strictly a run first team as long as Mo Ibrahim and well, there was the one year that Morgan was slinging it, but for the most part, you've been run dominant team, and that is completely changing. That you're gonna go with like throwing the ball a lot more. Like, just think with all that transition, I think this number's too high at the seven and a half. So, I think I think it's not overly confident. It, I'm only doing half a unit on it, but I just this is like a strictly number bet. Again, this is a lot of these are going to be a lot of leans because we do we have game standalone games Thursday and Friday for college football. We want to bet on something. Yes, so I'm going to stay in that game there. I'm actually going to take the under forty three and a half in this game. Don't blame you. New coach with Matt Rule and Matt Rule's honestly in his. It takes him a minute to really get the program yeah. going. It's yeah. more of like. Hey, I don't really give a shit what we do in year one. I want you guys to adopt my culture. Yeah. And I don't expect Jeff Sims to go out there and sling the ball. And it's not going to be a lot of just like high powered offenses. And the same with Minnesota. They got to work out a lot of kinks too, having a new quarterback who I felt like Tanner Morgan was there for 50 years. It felt like and same with Ibrahim, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, and with the new clock rules, the balls, the clock's going to be running the entire game. So I like the under 43 and a half here. All right. Time for Connor's. Week zero overreaction, Hawaii money line against Stanford. Obviously, Stanford will be coming to the island, and they are going into a whiteout. Just, I've just been looking up stuff on Hawaii's site just to see like what's going on. I fully anticipate this game being a full sellout, complete whiteout, Apparently, I think it's like family weekend. There is going to be so many people from this community that are going to be going to this game, rally behind this team after everything that they have been going on, going through, and after what they did last week. I am fully confident. I w- if this number was where it started off at, and I think it was closer to a touchdown, I would have been just saying take the points. But with it sitting around the three and a half to four. Take the fucking money line. Hawaii is going to win this game. Yeah, I think you can still get it. I think it was like plus, let me see, plus 145 right now is what I'm seeing on FanDuel, which is yeah, best a, I really got, isn't a bad number. When I bet it, the best I got was plus 170. That's one of those perfect ones, too, to bet on a book that has like, it's especially like early in a sports season, like college football starting, you get boost, too. Mm-hmm. So you might get 25% boost on DraftKings. Just you get 140 plus 145. Just boost it up to I don't know. I'm not a math guy. Like 180. Yeah, like something like almost that. get it I'm to two to one for either. a money line thing. Mm-hmm. I like that too. All right, I don't. 
this is a weird one because I just want to talk through this one more than anything. I don't have an official play yet, and I want you to sway me either way. Okay. UCF is laying 36 and a half against Kent State at home. Don't. 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 I know what you're going to say. Don't. I don't. I, I, dude, this team's going to be bad. I know they suck. I know they suck. Well, we don't. Uh, uh, being fair, we don't fully know. I know. <laughs> I know they stink. <laughs> there was so much turnover, and they didn't bring anybody in that was have any sort of relevancy. Like, this is a completely new. I think they were almost up there with Colorado with roster turnover. And I think UCF is really good, but I just no, want to you, say this. You. So here's what pisses me off. I really wanted to bet a first half here, mm-hmm. but most books that I'm finding here has UCF as a 21 and a half point favorite in the first half, but they have Kent State as a 20 plus 20 and a half underdog. So I can't get a good number either way. No. My, and then, like I was telling you earlier, my power ratings have this as a 25-point spread. 25-point spread. I know, but, but I it, don't care. This team fucking sucks, and I'm taking UCF 36 and a half. Thank I'm, you. I'm thank done. You get this. Like, if, it, if it loses, it loses. It, yeah. I think it's more of a principle. I also looked a little bit at the under at just like, I think it's 55 and a half, but I'm afraid UCF's going to score 56. Exactly. That's That's... I mean that was the problem. Like I had the under in the Notre Dame Navy game, and I'm like, it was it literally the Oregon Georgia under that I had last year. Like, fuck, is one team gonna end up scoring all these points by themselves? But yeah, yeah, I, screw it. I I was fifty fifty, and I just I just I have so much confidence in this Kent State team's gonna be bad. Something I would also look at a little bit. Kent State is team total is under nine and a half is plus 145 on some books, plus 135. I don't hate that either because I don't think this team's offense is scoring a lot of points. I'll swing it back to you, buddy. All right, so this is I, – I feel bad that I'm, the last one I'm taking is more about you because – This is your it, last play? Yeah, this is, my, this is my last play. I had five, but we Who shared. Who did I give out? Oh, we shared the first one, yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah. I'm just strictly like I don't I don't see this losing. You and me are both on this. I'm trying to see if I uh, okay, I didn't get It's at seven and a half. I don't care. I'll see if I can find you a better number, but keep going. I was really hoping for a six and a half, but I couldn't find it anywhere. I couldn't find it. Uh yeah. Louisville minus seven and a half against Georgia Tech. Uh don't care that this game is in Mercedes Benz. Stadium. I don't care that this is basically a glorified ACC home game, neut- neutral site home game for Georgia Tech. Louisville is going to go in there and whoop some ass. I think there will be more Louisville fans there than Georgia Tech fans because they're not playing it on campus. I know that it's in the same city, but you got to think, dude, Jeff, uh, Jeff Brom is a little a hero. Exactly. To Louisville, they have. This is the most like. I don't know what the word would be. hyped. Yeah, uh, hype. Hype. Their fan base has been because they have their guy. Yes, and not even that. Like they had to just endure 
one of the most despicable and disappointing college basketball seasons <laughs> of all time in program history. They want to cheer for their school. Yeah, I, think they I, will, out- I will say some of the winnings from a little basketball last season are going towards this bet. Yeah, no, no, blame you. I think they actually will have that place rocking in Louisville's favor with Brom being his first game. And, dude, we like Jack Plummer, and I like this team's roster. I think this is a, I think they can win this game by two touchdowns. Yeah, I, that, I always worry about outlining something that I've already yeah. bet, but, I mean, it. You got to give me some really good value. Yeah, I, I mean, if, you, if you're willing to, go ahead. I don't blame you if you do, but I'm just going to stick with the seven and a half. Quick ones that I have some leans on that I kind of wrote down here. Um, if you can get it, Rhode Island, anything more than two touchdowns over Georgia State, I don't hate that. Georgia State lost a lot. And um, case it's like Kasim Wallace is the quarterback of Rhode Island. He's been there forever. It's the seventh year. And then this is definitely not an official bet or anything because it's cheating. But I did take NC State, but I bought a point. So I made it 13 and a half against UConn. Just there is a little, it was more of again, I want to watch this game and I'm not confident enough in either side. And I do lean NC State, I just want to get it under that two touchdowns. So, yeah. if that's something you're kind of into, you're fine. I do think Brandon Armstrong's back with God, is it Robert and I, Robert and I, I always forget his name. And again, my numbers have this as like a 22 point spread, but again, no games have been played, so I don't want to overreact to that. Yep, at all. So Connor, it was awesome to talk football with you and actually get to recap some of the games and give out some picks. Yes. Um, We'll be back Friday? Yeah, Friday. Correct, with the rest of the week one slate. So, we're out of here, boys. Peace!